I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So obviously one of the problems, Dad, with doing a podcast long distance is that you do occasionally bump up against, you know, technical issues. I mean, we're basically using technology to make it sound like we're in the same room, correct? Mm. Yep, yep. Yep. And we're not. And here's the thing. If any of you are familiar with the Tenacious D song Tribute, the basic idea is that they meet the devil and they impress him by playing this incredible song and it's so good that it basically saves their lives. And then the time comes to actually play the song again and they don't remember what it sounds like. So they write a song called Tribute where they talk about how great this other song was that they can't remember how it went. We recorded a whole podcast about three hours ago. It was... I I'm kid you not, Dad. It was good, right? I, I actually... Yeah. I just loved look, you know what? It's so... like no, I feel as though I've actually listeners. Yeah. This is take two, dearest yeah. listeners. So what you're hearing is a completely new podcast mm-hmm. that is take two. And you can never do a take two. Paul, I feel as though mm-hmm. I've woken up in a cemetery yep. and a vampire or possibly a couple of vampires sure. have sucked half my blood out of me. Just I, half, though. Yeah. Just half. I, when you, when we finished recording and you said, Dad, your audio didn't come through, mm. I felt ill. The blood drained from your face. I it, just, it, I just thought, I, you know, Paul, we put so much into this. I, mm. I've often said to the listeners that I'm like a coiled spring. Now, I, have actually closed all the blinds in our place here. I'm literally in the dark to create this absolute, to help me focus. Like, I don't have a problem focusing. I'm all over the shop, I know that, but I actually focus on being all over the shop. But this morning you were, you sounded so focused and we talked about this incredible stuff. I'm not going to, here's the thing. I don't want to try and recapture that. I don't want to talk about those topics. I don't want to do any of that stuff again because I feel like, someone somewhere somehow this might be salvageable it's entirely possible that because i sent a kind of a like a customer support ticket to the people who run the software that we use and i said look if this shows up as some sort of data ghost on your servers then why would we want to kind of replicate it why not see if they can fix it and if they can we will release it 
as a bonus episode or as next week's loose ends or mm. s- something or yeah. you know we'll yeah. get someone to do interpretive dance to it when and if you know the uh, MSO ever gets to play live again so instead of trying to replicate that we're going to talk about completely different stuff but one thing we did address dad was the fact that Everyone who's already bought tickets to our wonderful live show, well, hopefully wonderful live show at the Melbourne Podcast Festival, which is very, very soon, has been hanging on tenterhooks wanting to know what's happening. Now, here is the news. They've had to actually move the dates for the Melbourne Podcast Festival to Friday the 17th through to Sunday the 19th of September. So that's how many weeks away? It's like six, eight something weeks. Mm. It's a while. It's, Mm. you know, anyway, so they had to move it to the 17th to the 19th of September. There's going to be lots more info coming out very soon. A public announcement's being made real, like around about now. Our show is going to be on the same day and time as it was previously organized. And obviously COVID's a constantly changing bastard from hell. So it could kind Mm. of stick a, you know, stick in the spokes again. Mm. But Mm. uh, we're going to be in contact with more info and a small number of shows that the festival actually had to cancel due to the change in date, but we're not cancelling. We're still going ahead, so you'll be able to catch us at the festival. If you missed out on tickets, or alternatively, if you couldn't make it the first time around, because, you know, something else was on that weekend, this might actually free it up for you. So, Mm. you know, maybe it's a good thing. But uh, the festival, the Melbourne Podcast Festival and Ticketmaster are going to get in touch if you bought a ticket to let you know about the change. You know, in a more official capacity, we just thought we'd give you a heads up. Obviously, it's an evolving, you know... I mean, it's a global crisis, so this Mm. kind of stuff happens. Dad, as we speak, the Olympics are ramping up. In fact, I believe on the day this episode is released, the opening ceremony is going to be on tonight, that Mm. would mean. Um, Are you a fan of the Olympics? Do you ever watch when they come along? Well, I recently did a very big job for the Australian Olympic Commission. Right. Are you allowed to talk about that at all? Oh, God, yeah. Shit, yeah. Okay. I, I hung some extraordinary memorabilia. Mm. Extraordinary. Going back almost 100 years. Yeah. And it was exciting. But one of the things that I got to hang, well, I had to, I had to organize the framing. It was, it, was, it was an intense experience. High, high security. Because they gave me a lot of, well, they're priceless items. Let's just and- say that. I'm sitting here thinking, all right, you've got connections now because you met these people and we've just landed the Brisbane Olympics sometime in 2030-something. I think mm. it's 2032, yep. I'd guess. Mm. Now, we've done live shows in Brisbane. I absolutely love Brisbane. You love Brisbane. And everyone's begging us to come up there. How hard do you reckon it will be to campaign and get our listeners to push to get you to run one of the laps with the torch? Wow. Yeah. Or, better yet, you and I do one and we hand it off to each other so we get to actually light each other's torch. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you just... Oh, it'd be so amazing. Because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Olympics. I love Brisbane. I'm really excited about this whole thing. Mm. Part of the reason I'm devastated right now is because, you know, we were going to be in Tokyo and Tegan and I were going to head across and obviously the Olympics there are an absolute schmozzle. Did you hear about the first case of doping on the Australian team one of the Mm. equestrians got done for cocaine can I just say I was a little bit saddened by that Uh, well Uh, why because he didn't give it to the horse instead no I just think it's look you've got to be very very careful when one generalises but I just kind of wasn't super surprised let's just say that and leave it at that well I just think 
small people in silk pajamas, you know, doing coke and then riding horses through a deserted auditorium as mm. Japanese people look at them quizzically. But Paul, I mean, that's that's Paul, a weird having, day. True, true. But having said that, your grandmother was a t- was a top shelf show show jumper. What? Yeah, grandma. Really? Oh, the big league. Um, There's an extraordinary photograph of her standing in her immaculate little dress coat, jodpers, boots, crop, hat, horse. All in the same picture. She was a champion. Well... So there you go. I Um, I mean, how do you feel about horse racing in general, though? I mean, because for me, the horse is the one doing all the work, right? Look, it's it's an incredible bond the horse and the... The person have it's it's this amazing sort of synergy, simpatico. It's phenomenal to watch. That's not horse racing. That's this is equestrian. This is quite quite. I think it's quite beautiful. Um, it's dressage, wasn't it? Is that where they get something the horses like to that. kind of? It's but a it's, dancing. You know, it's dancing horses. Yeah, and the way they they get the way they make the horses look so good. Um, oh yeah. Rub a bit of oil in their little coat. That's weird. That's a weird um, thing you just said out loud. <laughs> I actually love horse riding. Right. Um, would you ever join the? Would you ever consider joining the mounted police? Definitely not. I know because uh, putting aside for a moment your problems with you know protests and people kind of and the fact that you've got big beautiful animals who are subject to you know throwing bottles and whatever. Mm. Whenever you see mounted police, you do just kind of go, "Wow, you're just riding a horse around." That seems chill. Oh, I mean, but they are no? police, Paul. They've got all the powers. One of the one of the more scary aspects of the mounted police horse section. Yep. Um, well, is when they go into riot. Have you ever seen a horse with full riot gear on? It's it's gladiatorial. It's really scary, and it's I just, yeah, I yeah, just feel so sorry for the horses. I think if you can, I mean, first of all, do you think the horses have the same uh, powers? Is the wrong word, but do they? Could you? Could a horse arrest you? Uh, Mr. Ed could. But is the horse an actual cop or is the horse just like the same as the cop's car? They don't. They're not given powers of arrest. I'm quite right. sure of that. But it's not like, okay, because a horse is just a car made, like a motorcycle made of meat, basically. Mm. A cop car can't arrest you unless it came to life. But mm. I'm saying if a bad guy was running away and a cop, and a, like a, a clop. Oh fuck, that's good. If a police officer, if a police horse ran after them, <laughs> yeah, 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 without the rider, and the guy was like, "Look, I got beaten down by a horse," and they say, "Actually, I was, I had a bit of a ham, I pulled my hammy, and I couldn't chase after you," mm. and the horse took the law into its own hooves, mm. and and did a kind of not a citizen's arrest because I was wondering whether you actually pin a badge on the horse, right? No, you'd have to. You couldn't pin it. No, you could pin it onto a cloth that would be. You could hang it on like a laurel and put it around its mane yep. or something. Yep. But, but, and then but, feed but carry, it feet carrier pigeons, it. carrier no? pigeons in the Second World War, Paul. I know. Have been I given know. medals. I know. Now, they I obviously would... didn't pin the medal on its little chest. I mean, fuck up its flight path, just crash into the ground. Mm. Yeah. Um, but look, we yeah. have the mounted police. Part of their their circuit in our area is that they go down our street, and I often take photographs because I think it's pretty exciting. And a few weeks ago, a guy. Um, passed out an elderly gentleman and the police, um, you know, pulled up and got off their horses mm-hmm. and rendered aid, which was kind of nice. But then I'd, I'm not sure whether I mentioned this to you, Paul, but a few months ago, Christine and I were driving down our cul-de-sac um, and there were mounted police coming up the road and I stopped the car in with this story and I wanted to take a photograph of them. And the female mounted police officer was 
she was so I I I would describe her on this particular occasion as being aggressively rude to me. Find that a bit odd. Yeah, but technically correct though. She said you can't use your mobile phone while you're driving. Right. I just wanted to take a photograph of this incredible sight in our street because I think there's su- there's such a beautiful thing, the horses. And it's it's great. It's great for PR. Mm. But I'm afraid the PR thing didn't go down particularly well when she basically said you're not allowed to take a photo because you're in a motor vehicle using a phone. And she was technically correct, even though the car was stopped in a... Anyway, and I just I missed out on that great photo opportunity. Bugger. Which was a bit of a sad thing. But when Christian and I drove to Melbourne and there was the G, the G5 or the G7, that time we came to visit you in Melbourne yep. and inadvertently we got lost and ended up in the Melbourne CBD and yeah. I was that was a full-blown rioting situation and I saw for the first time in my life the horses done up as these sort of armoured Trojan warriors and I found it really, really upsetting. So... I guess I'm curious now that we've kind of... Because we started with the Olympics and now we're up to protests. But let's move away from horses uh, because I want to kind of address a few things quickly. Now, I mentioned Brisbane Olympics before, which puts me in mind of the Sydney Olympics. Do you remember uh, much about the Sydney Olympics? Did you kind of watch much of it? Paul, I... There are a couple of events that I like. Mm. Um I like watching. I guess I'm a bit lazy in that I like the finals. Yeah, sure. So skip to the end. Yeah. Yeah. So because I was a, I was a pretty serious swimmer. I actually mm. was in the nationals um, for breaststroke back in the. How old was I? I was in my mid-teens, and I also won a silver medal for breaststroke in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the school swimming team, so I do love swimming. Um, I was very upset when they got rid of Greco-Roman wrestling. Do you recall that? Well, if you can't cup a man's taint wearing a lycra onesie, then what's the point? No, but but that was one of the, the sort of the original sports of the games. And then they start bringing in things like skateboarding. And I'm not having a go at skateboarders at all. But I think it's kind of... They've made some odd decisions over the years. And... Because I kind of like the classic sports. Although, having said that, they used to run the... Was it the marathon they used to run in the nude in ancient Greek times? You want to return to that? I think nude, they should have at least one nude event. Yeah, but if you're going to do a nude event, you want something that involves very little up and down motion, right? True, true. Particularly if you're Matt Shervington. Just like old turkey parts just slapping around on a hot day. What you want is something like... uh, It's tricky. I mean... well. I think if you like Matt Shervington, who's known for, or he used to be known for his, you know, fairly substantial appendage, I think at least you could do the decent thing and sort of at least tie it to one of your legs. Right. So it doesn't sort of flap around. Cause it's not- just, or just use a comb to part it to one side. Hmm. Yeah. But I think one nude vent would be good. Um, I mean, they had that big, I mean, nude swimming, that'd be okay. Well, yes, until you cut to the underwater camera. I mean, if you've ever seen... Oof. Oh, it's grim. The thing is, the human body's a miracle, but it's also terrifying. I, for one, would rather keep those, you know, old busted parts out of my eyes very much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I like... Okay, here's the thing. I am... I'm really excited because, as listeners know, I started doing karate this year. I've been doing it for like six, seven months. It's been really tricky doing it via Zoom, Dad. I mean, it's really hard trying to get proper 
like teaching done across Zoom. It's mm. a nightmare. My sensei mm. has like a grid of 30 or 40 students on Zoom and she's kind of just peering at the screen going, uh, you in the bottom left, uh, kick higher. There's only so much you can do. Mm. But I, I get to watch the karate heats and the karate finals this year. I think they're on the 5th, 6th and 7th of August mm. over in the country where karate's from. So is it unpatriotic of me to root for Japan as opposed to Australia. Well, in that particular sport, I think that's 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 fine. Okay, okay. Um, but I guess in this time of... Look, Jeff Bezos um, and the guy that owns, you know, Branson. Yep. And Elon Musk's about to go. Isn't it funny how all these mega rich people get to go into space, literally speaking? They went up about 120K. Mm-hmm. What I'm hoping with these people, particularly Bezos, is that for that moment in time when they looked back at the Earth and saw the fragility of the planet and then came back, I'm hoping perhaps that some of them... That's a very sweet idea. I mean, I I think someone already expressed their sentiments. They said the other day, imagine if they looked down and just were filled with compassion and realised that... Maybe, you know, employing slave labor and forcing, you know, their employees to pee in bottles because they have such short kind of, you know, breaks and, you know, they weren't paid properly and their their companies ravaged the environment. What if they looked down and went, what if I use this money to help people instead of sending up rockets shaped like my penis? Hello, everyone. Paul Verhoeven here from critically acclaimed and much-loved podcast loose units. So you know how the first bit of this episode was us lamenting the fact that we uh, lost the last episode and we might never hear it again? And that was a real shame. But Dad and I thought, you know what? We've taken a few hours. We've gone off. We literally had to go for a walk and just calm down. I think Dad maybe had a drink or something. We sat down and obviously you've heard the episode thus far. And then I went to get the file at the end and the same fucking thing happened so basically we've lost two episodes well we lost one and a half i'm honestly very glad you got to hear even half of the episode dad was just talking about penises flapping around whilst uh, at the olympics i think at that point we started talking about i mean talk about going to space oh that's right he gave his opinions on jeff bezos we made fun of the fact that the spaceship looked like a penis uh, you know, we talked about the fact that maybe Jeff would get up into space and look down on the planet that he'd helped ravage and go, you know, maybe I should contribute a bit more. Maybe I should get my house in order before flying off to space. But obviously, uh, you'll never hear that part of the episode. We're kind of currently scrambling through some weird hinky tech backup options. It's all a bit annoying. But the trick to loose units, uh, loose ends is that the whole podcast is meant to help us get through lockdown. And it's to help people stay calm and sane. And so rather than trying to do a third episode, I thought I would just step in here and very calmly say, we hope you've enjoyed this mini episode of Loose Ends. Uh, 15 minutes isn't bad. You know, I mean, if I was walking to the shops, that's a 15 minute walk. There you go. You've had dad and I keeping you company for that part. We're going to keep trying to get the other episodes done. We're going to keep trying to turn that data into some, some kind of, you know, usable audio. And yeah, we're also going to get Dad onto Dish, which is the food podcast Tegan and I do every week. This week's guest is Sean Redgrave, who is the winner of the Great Australian Bake Off. She just appeared in fucking Vogue. She's incredible. She's also a food stylist and recipe inventor. And she popped along to talk to us on Dish Island. So the software you are using to listen to Loose Units, which is probably Spotify or iTunes or something like that. If you search for Dish, then you can find it. 
and we really hope you do. We'd love to have you all uh, subscribe because we want you all up to speed before dad pops onto the island to talk about his desert island dish. Anyway, that's all the time I have for now. I have to go and consult. Seriously, dad is freaking out. So if you have any kind words, let us know and we'll pass them on because he's very stressed because frankly, helping your um, older parents use tech related stuff is the bane of the young person's existence, but I've just been through a whole day of it. So let's all just calm down, take a breath, have a wonderful weekend, enjoy the opening ceremony at what appears to be an Olympics. And we will see you next week for more Loose Units. And if this happens again, I quit podcasting. Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.